I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. Since last June, I've been working with a group of students on finding, clarifying, and then strengthening their organic intuitive sense. And I say organic because it is part and parcel of the physical form known as body to us on this planet. And we've been looking at issues like belief systems that are created by humans for the purposes of safety, and yet these belief systems kind of stand in the way of intuition. Because even though your body tells you something that it knows to be true, as beings in human experience, we often ignore the body and we say, well, that's just my imagination. That's just a coincidence. Why do we do this? Because through these belief systems, we're actually taught not to trust the body's own sense of itself, if you will, its knowingness, its interaction with the rest of the world and other energy fields around us. And in this group, we've also been working with metaphors, the powerful, powerful insights of metaphors Myths and stories simply can't be overstated for beings in human experience. Why? Because we need them. Because of how we have chosen to create this collective reality that kind of keeps us locked in this third dimension awareness and these myths and these stories and these metaphors, they help us build a bridge between this locked-in third-dimension awareness and the rest of the dimensions that quantum physics tells us exist, because our bodies also exist in those dimensions, so to speak. The body will bring to you any information going on around it in layers and layers and layers of energy fields that it perceives you need to know in that moment in order to keep you happy and healthy on the planet for as long as you're supposed to be here. And it's data, it's it's information, these little bits of energy. And so from way back, like eons ago, centuries ago, millennia ago, beings in human experience needed a way, wanted to create a way that they could grab a hold of what was happening around them and come up with a, I think definitely they wanted it to be creative way of explaining what was happening as well as I think to a certain extent, perhaps a bit unfortunately, 
create tales and stories that were cautionary. And again, this is where the whole fear-based, to a certain extent, approach of beings in human experience come in. It's not that other other beings in different other experiences on the planet don't experience fear. They don't go looking for it. I'll put it that way. It's not, oh, you can't do that because then this will happen. They they definitely do have a download of information that is given to them a historical perspective, if you will, of how their species best operates on the planet. But it's it's my perception that it's not a, and we don't go there because then bad things will happen. And here's a story to tell you why. They appear to deal much more directly with the environment around them. I think in large part because they don't fear the environment around them. They know that the environment around them is designed to be in partnership with them. And because this is a planet of duality, there will be experiences of both sunshine and shade. Thank you again, Amanda Gorman, (laughs) for that reworking of light and shadow But it's just that they don't anticipate them and they don't go looking for them and they don't kind of allow these experiences of duality to kind of keep them frozen in in place. And I think these metaphors, stories, and myths, they're complex, but they're not complicated. And I think that's kind of a key distinction. Oftentimes we think, oh, wow, that's just really complicated. I would invite you to look at things more as being complex rather than complicated. To me, the meaning of the word complicated is, this is going to take a really long time to figure out, and I don't know if I can figure this out. If we look at things, beings, situations as complex, For me, that's kind of a reset of, okay, I can take my time with this. I need to take my time with this. And there are definitely different moving parts. There's different processes that might apply to one part of this and not to the other part of this. For me, again, it's kind of of a reset. And I think to a certain extent, we view the organic machine known to us as body, as complicated and not complex. And I think when when we get to this place of thinking things are complicated, I will tell you that overthinking will get you every single time as a being in human experience, which is why animals and other beings are just so dang good at not overthinking. And yet it's the very thing that we judge about them, right? I think in reality, we... We envy their ability to just sink into the moment and just enjoy the heck out of it. I would say that celebrating more of that will fundamentally change your relationship with them and I perceive quite possibly your life. But I digress. We'll get back to myths. Joseph Campbell is by far my favorite purveyor of comparative mythology, its meaning and its purpose. If you haven't read A Hero's Journey, and I actually hate to tell you, I think it's out of print, at least the original, and there are variations of 
of the book that you can find out there on Amazon and and people's interpretation of a hero's journey, because of course, Joseph Campbell is no longer in human experience. If you can find it though, maybe even at a used bookstore, I invite you to run right out and get it, regardless of your gender identity, in that it the title of it is a hero's. We typically think of hero as being masculine in form, but I think it's applicable to any being in human experience. He's most well known for his quote, and one of my most favorite, follow your bliss. It's just, it's right, it's simplicity in and of itself. Yes, it's complex, but it's not complicated. There was a 1988 TV series in which Bill Moyers interviewed Joseph Campbell about the power of myth. And I'll, I'll put a link in the podcast notes as well as another link for a series in Netflix that was conceived some 30 years after that in 2018 titled Myths and Monsters about the power of storytelling. And I think it's one thing for beings in human experience to get a text from the universe saying, you know, go there, do that. And of course, that's just not possible because I perceive of free will on this planet. I do think that the guidance can be quite direct. I had a journey recently myself, actually just this morning, where I was asking about, okay, what's the next steps on bringing the patent for the portable animal therapy table to life. And I'm kind of at a decision point about whether to go with company A versus company B. And the really interesting thing was that I was shown the table itself was being put together by fairies. No joke. Literally fairies were just, oh my gosh, having a wonderful time. And they were putting things together and creating it, etc. I was off over to the side and the moment that I kind of stepped in (laughs) to, you know, do, which is what beings in human experience like to do, it was like I was frozen in place and like my arms were being kept deliberately by (laughs) my sides, which was their message of there's nothing for you to do. It will come together like magic. And then as far as an additional question of whether to go with company A over company B, I distinctly heard a door slam shut. (laughs) So that would be a metaphor of, no, this is a door. Do not go with company A. This is a door that is closed. Don't try to open that door. And the thing about metaphors is that they have an endurance and a power because it engages our brain, which turns off thinking. It ignites our imagination by opening the door to the intuitive. And it invites us to step beyond the structures of belief we've put into place, again, allegedly to keep ourselves safe here on earth. Let me share with you a quote from Joseph Campbell from the 1988 series, quote, we have not even to risk the adventure alone for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. And where we had thought to slay another, we slay ourselves. And where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. 
And I know that that sounds like a riddle inside a puzzle, inside a rhyme. I invite you just to sit with that just a little bit. And even in your sitting with it, you might struggle with that. And my students struggled a bit initially with identifying the meaning behind the metaphors they're given by their guides during a journey. They're all getting the hang of it. And I I think definitely having fun with the in-depth meaning in metaphors. When we enter into journey space or non-ordinary reality, there can be interaction with creatures who frequent those dimensions. And it's so good to become familiar with them, just as we might become familiar with bear or stag or firefly. The physical, emotional, and mental attributes of all beings in animal experience, mythical and otherwise, they, they serve as messages for us of how to be in human experience. Bear is protection, wolf is community, firefly is lightness on all levels. For every 7.77 million other animal species with whom we share this planet, the interwebs is your very best friend, as far as looking up and knowing who they are. I do that all the time. It's impossible to know what what being steps across your path. I look them up all the time. The reason for magical allies, especially now, is because nothing happens in a vacuum. All this you-know-what that's hitting the fan in, in our experience right now, whatever is going on here and in ordinary reality has ripple effects in non-ordinary reality. And the universe only and always wants to give you a heads up about these energies so that you can be with them in whatever way suits your highest and best good at this point in time. And plus, I perceive it's just fun to play with Pegasus, Unicorn, and Dragon. We'll look at the origin of these magical creatures and their myths and apply them to any situation in which you may need support, because that's their role. And particularly the three who chose for themselves to come forward today, because that's how it works. They choose for me. I simply send out a request for whoever wants to come forward, and they just do. So let's, let's look at Dragon first. And I'll be quoting from one of the links that I'll put into the podcast notes that actually came from Animal Planet. Quote, Dragon mythology extends back through the ages at least 4,000 years. They are commonly depicted as large flying reptiles that breathe fire or shoot deadly poison from their nostrils. Tales of these giant beasts date to the dawn of human existence. They've also inspired many a young warrior to take up arms, bravely trying to prevent a malevolent dragon from consuming a fair maiden. On the other hand, some cultures actually revere the dragon for being gentle and wise. In China, dragons are a symbol of courage and heroism and are seen as protectors of the community. My own experience with dragon has been varied. At times it's about protection and I feel massive wings wrapping around me. At other times, dragon has come roaring in and I'm invited to jump on their back and off we go. There have been times where dragon has let loose with fire to cleanse whatever needs cleansing. And sometimes it's not just red and orange fire. Sometimes it's a different color. Remember that everything in non-ordinary reality has meaning. And I invite you to look it up if you're not sure about the metaphor being offered. Pegasus is next. 
quote, This mythical animal is the son of Poseidon, god of the sea, and the monster Medusa. He is portrayed as a beautiful winged horse, sometimes white, sometimes white with gold wings, and sometimes gold all over. There are a couple of versions of the birth of Pegasus in Greek mythology. In one, he sprang from Medusa's neck when the hero Perseus beheaded her. In another, Pegasus was born of the droplets of blood that spilled from Medusa upon her death. The image of Pegasus has been a favorite of artists for centuries. His likeness has inspired countless paintings and sculptures. There's also a constellation for Pegasus, a gift from Zeus upon his death. Pegasus, along with Unicorn, was one of the first magical allies to come to me when I needed them many years ago. And as you might imagine, Pegasus is different from Dragon because they're different. (laughs) And even though they're both winged beings. Sometimes for me, Pegasus is white. Sometimes Pegasus is both black and white, indicating the merging of duality If I'm ever feeling trapped in this dimension, Pegasus comes in to say, hop on, we're going to soar above and take a look at things from a very different perspective. And it's really interesting because, at least for me with Pegasus, there's not a saddle, there's not a halter, there's not a bridle involved. It's just me and Pegasus and reminding me that flexibility is key to moving through this experience. Last on our list is Unicorn. And it was interesting to note that from the link from Animal Planet, Unicorn came in last on the list of mythical creatures. And I don't think we should read too much into that. Quote, Unicorns are magnificent and noble creatures that have enchanted young and old across the globe and through the ages. They are both a symbol of purity and goodness and the personification of untamed freedom. Many cultures throughout the world have their own version of the unicorn myth, but most depict them as white horses with a long horn extending from the forehead. The horn is usually spiraled, which makes light dance across the body of the animal as the sun shines down upon it. I was in Middle Realm when Unicorn came to me, and Middle Realm looks quite a bit like Earth, only much better. It's just a lot more intense, the colors, the sounds, everything. And I felt a presence just beyond me, and there was Unicorn, iridescent coat, golden horn, and all. They stepped closer to me, and indeed I felt tears raining down upon me to clear whatever was vexing me at the moment. The feeling was so peaceful, so calm, and profoundly giving. There was nothing I had to do like ride the unicorn, nowhere I had to fly like dragon. There was just a beingness of comfort and tranquility. And there are times when Unicorn just comes to sit with me, just sit, hang out, remind me of who I am, a being of light and human experience on a planet of duality. I invite you at your next opportunity to enter into journey space by using drumming. I find that to be most effective, which you can find on YouTube easily enough. Make sure and set intention before you start the drumming. The drumming serves the purpose of calming the brain, and the intention connects you to spirit partners who are awaiting your call. Ask for dragon or pegasus or unicorn to work with you, and then hang on. (laughs) Because as intention is everything and drives everything, they truly are just waiting for the invitation from you. 
Animals all over the planet and in different dimensions are quite good at being partners with us and with each other. Why? Because they know that the balance of everything and every being is key to having an experience filled with joy, neutral compassion, and boundless love for self. And which being in human experience doesn't need just a whole ton of that right now? This is, at least, how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I invite you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.